The weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show. Hour two underway here on the show. Just past the one o'clock hour. Yak and Lundy along for the ride. And pleased to welcome back an old friend. A guy who used to work here at The Zone, but now hosts Full Court Press of a 106.9 The Fan in Logan. Ajay Salveson with us. Ajay, what is up? Lundy, Hatch, oh my gosh, it's so good to hear your guys' voices. Yeah. Oh, my, and I'm so glad the Saturday show's back. I used to uh, have, I, I still have great memories of producing that show once upon a time and uh, was a huge hit, still is today. You guys do a great job, so thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, let's start here. Uh, what is the kind of the sense up there in the Cache Valley for the upcoming football season for the Aggies? You know, it kind of depends who you ask. I, I can say this, that the uh, talking to a couple of players, the word is infectious. And when I say that, just the energy that this coaching staff brings out day after day after day, there was conversations about last year and the year before that there wasn't that energy like there is this year. And Blake Anderson and his staff has done a marvelous job of, of, of being there for these kids and, and trying to get them ready to go and uh, prepping them in a way that, that they just feel so prepared right now, uh, even going into, uh, going into fall camp and, uh, there's a lot of excitement uh, within the football team and the staff. Fans are looking forward to uh, a fresh start as well. Ajay, uh, with the new coach Anderson coming into town, uh, Logan Bonner, quarterback, transferred uh, to, to come here play for his old coach. Uh, is he the incumbent starter? Is it going to be an open co- competition? What can you tell us about what's going on with the quarterback position for the Aggies? Well, Lundy, that's a good question. I think I answer it with a wink-wink here. But it's uh, Coach Anderson said that it will be a QB competition. Again, put that asterisk of a wink-wink in there, and I think you kind of know where I'm going with this. Uh, look, Peasley, uh, and, and I feel bad for Peasley last year because I just felt like, I mean, last year was such a disaster that I didn't feel like Peasley really got a fair shake in the whole situation. They also have a younger cat in Cooper Legal, the former kid from Orem over there in Utah County. Really good quarterback. He was going to start the Wyoming game before COVID issues hit, and uh, they had to cancel the game. But uh, there's, I mean, there's some talent there, but it's really hard to ignore that a quarterback from Arkansas State is leaving Arkansas State, coming all the way across the country to Logan, Utah, to be a backup. That's just, it's, it's hard to agree with that notion. Uh, Logan Bonner uh, did have an injury problem. Uh, they said he's healthy, he's back, and he's ready to go. Should be good to go for fall camp. I would imagine he's the frontline starter, uh, barring any, and hopefully uh, no injury or uh, setbacks um, will await him. Okay, so Blake Anderson, the short interactions I've had with him, he's got an infectious personality, it seems like. he's just he, And he's brought kind of, you, you mentioned, he's brought kind of a new spirit, a new mentality to the Utah State football program. Can you kind of shed some light on who he is as a person? Yeah, uh, we, I think his, his story is pretty well known. Right? His wife had cancer. She was incredibly sick, ended up passing away, uh, became a national story, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, and and he, the things that he's gone through, he's a very religious guy. 
And so when I say it's God family football in that order, that is not a joke. He's, he, he doesn't just say it to speak it so people around him can hear him. It's, it's something that he truly lives by and believes by, that it's God family football in that order. The coaches have consistently commented how much they appreciate that uh, – that feature of him, that he actually allows his coaches to go home and spend time with their family. Coach, just, uh, Coach Anderson just barely got married to his beautiful wife, Brittany, uh, and uh, they were wedded. And so, uh, obviously, he has a huge emphasis on family. That's something that they really appreciate, and you've already mentioned, as I have as well, the, just the personality of him is it's just go, 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 and it's just high motor, high energy, 24-7, 365 around the clock. Um, and it's actually really benefited the recruiting. As you guys know, he went to a couple of really solid recruits that were going to P5 schools for the 2022 recruiting class, and he snatched him. And it's based on the fact that his energy has trickled down the coaching staff all the way through, even to the director of operations. Uh, they are just absolutely thrilled with uh, just the energy they have. I've talked to a couple of players. Shaq Bond talked at media day as well in Las Vegas that it's so cool to have a coach come on the field and know that he wants to be on the field with these players every single moment. He says it just makes so much of a difference, especially being a leader on the defensive side of the ball. He says it's really, really helped. So uh, Coach A's a great, great guy. Um, again, as we've mentioned, ad nauseum really infectious in regards to the personality but it the most important thing is is that it's actually trickled down to everybody else with a ripple effect of it in a positive way to both coaching staff and players with uh with fall camp just around the corner here what's maybe a name that a lot of us down here in more of the salt lake region haven't heard yet that we should know about Ooh, that's a good question oh goodness gracious um I, I know he was mentioned a few times last year. I think you're going to hear his name a lot more, but A.J. Vombachon is a name that you're, uh, I think you'll hear from the defensive side of the ball. Good speed, good awareness, got great vision, can fill a gap really, really quickly. Uh, good size. Uh, he, he's smart, too. He really is smart. Uh, you know, we, I know there's been a little bit of some injury bug that's, that's went around the defensive side of the ball, hopefully they'll all be healthy for September 4th in Pullman, Washington to face the Cougars. But... Uh, it, I would say A.J. Vomiton is the one name that I'm really excited about uh, coming into the season that I don't think, I mean, Cash Valley knows him, but I don't think anybody outside of Cash Valley really has heard a lot about him. Okay, I've worked on some Utah State broadcasts, and I've heard A.J.'s name. He's he, I, I'm with you. He's a, gay, a guy that I think is going to be, for lack of a better term, I think he's going he's gonna to break out this year, hopefully. But, A.J., let's be real. It was a really rough year last year for Utah State. There, the coaching staff didn't seem to be in sync. There were issues with on-field personnel, in particular certain quarterback. But what do you believe this team can accomplish this year? I don't think necessarily that winning the Mountain West is a realistic goal. That's just me speaking. But what can this team realistically do, in your opinion, that can show that Blake Anderson in his first year in charge is on his way to getting this program back to where Aggie fans want it to be? You know, the expectation thing is, like, I hate that. I, I hate the whole predictions and expectations from from outside because it's either – I mean, it's either way too high because they, they, they hear things about what's going on, you know, at camp or what's going on within the program, 
and they get way too excited, or everyone just kind of winks back the last season and brings it into this season. One of the most annoying things I get is, well, based on last season, this is where I think they're going to finish. And as you mentioned, last year was a disaster. I mean, for four weeks in a row, Utah State made national news for all the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You had a quarterback quit, a coach leave, a team quit, uh, forfeited game, uh, their last one of the season against Colorado State. I mean, just all the wrong reasons, it was just a disaster for Utah State. You have a new coaching staff, probably a new starting quarterback, a new era, a new fresh start, a new personality. It's just I, I erase all of last season when I look at this upcoming season. Um, I, and you're right. I, I, don't, I don't think I think when people say oh, we're going to win a Mountain West championship, that's a little bit too bold and above. But I honestly, and this is just a gospel according to AJ, it's not too far out of the realm to say that they could go six and six, seven and five, and win a bowl game. Uh, I know there's that death row stretch that they've had to deal with the last three years of Air Force, BYU, and Boise State back to back to back. Two of those are on a short week as well. So that's a massive, uh, that's a massive just gauntlet you have to face. But if I can go crazy with you for just a bit, I think they actually win two out of three of those. I'm not going to tell you which ones because I don't want to be getting, you know. No, AJ, no, no. We want to call it right now. We want to we hold you to this. <laughs> Etch it in stone. You know, if, if if Boss is listening to this station, if he's listening to this show, he's going to go absolutely berserk on me. So I'll, I'll save, uh, I'll save who, uh, who I think the two out of the three come from. But, uh, again, but I just – I think that they're going to be well-prepared this year. I, I really do. And, and like we've already mentioned, I don't think a Mountain West Conference championship is in the books. But I think that there's a bowl game definitely within eyesight, and I know that the coaches are eyeing that down as well. They think a bowl game is a very, very real possibility for this team. Audrey, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Uh, a couple nights ago was the NBA draft. Uh, and, you know, as I'm sure that everyone in Logan is well aware, uh, and Aggie was drafted to Miyashkata to the Sacramento Kings. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Oh, man, the ninth wonder of the world. Uh, this guy, I, I want to take you back if I can. Before, when he was getting recruited, and uh, Scott Gerard actually tweeted out something really, really good that people don't realize. The hoops and the loops and the things they had to do to be able to get Keta from Portugal to America to Utah State is a novel that could cover the size of Harry Potter. I mean, it is an incredible story, and it, it just makes your jaw drop. Uh, he got here. He was, I mean, good size in regards to length, but just no muscle, no body strength. And uh, they took him to the uh, the training table here at Utah State, and they said, Keta, eat. And he just started eating. Uh, they got him into shape. They got him into a place where he had uh, good muscle and good body size. Look, his freshman year, he probably could have gone – to the draft, uh, I don't know if he if he gets drafted. It's probably a uh, undrafted free agent signing or something to that effect. Um, his second year, he gets hurt uh, after I guess or I guess he gets hurt before the second year with uh, with summer ball in uh, Portugal, uh, and then he has to kind of re like re work himself back into shape again. And it was a different Keta than what we were used to seeing. And then, of course, he comes back and, and just dominates. And I, I still go back, and people are going to think not think about this enough, but that Boise State series in which they got swept by Boise State, Keta was a monster. Go look at his numbers against Boise State and what he did. He dominated that series. They lost both those games. And if I'm not mistaken, 
I want to say he was player of the week in the Mountain West Conference. I, I, I might be wrong, but I want to say that was a week where he was – He, I mean, he I scored like 62 points total in two games, um, had uh, 20-something rebounds, I, I want to say, and just absolutely thrashed Boise State in so much that Boise State said, you know what, we're going to let Keta dominate, and we're going to try and make everyone else beat us. And it worked, to Boise State's credit. But Keta just had, a, had two games – just of his life. It was incredible. And he kept Utah State in it. He's special. He's got a great personality. We talked about Blake Anderson being infectious. Keta loved people, and people loved Keta. Keta was never too big for people. He never had an ego. He got it. He understood it. He's going to be a massive, massive miss for Utah State. It's just a hole that they can't fill, that they can't replace. Um, but, uh, oh, my gosh, I love Keta to death. Um, good human being off the court. He's, Sacramento got a great one. Sorry, that's a long, long answer to a short question. I apologize. But I just can't say enough about how much Keta has meant to Utah State. You know, they, they have these four uh, – I think they have four guys in the rafters uh, inside D. Glenn Smith spectrum. It's going to be five. In, in, with Sam Merrill and, and Namiya Keta, what they did in back-to-back Mallory's Conference Championship games, winning those two. Uh, for Utah State, I just can't tell you how much they've meant, but especially Keta. It's, boy, he's he's amazing, and again, Sacramento is a lucky, lucky, lucky team. Well, see, Ajay, I, I kind of wanted to build off a point you made in that answer, and it's the fact that, yes, he could have left after his freshman year. There was actually quite a bit of hype about him being a potential draft pick after his freshman campaign. He comes back for that sophomore year, and yes, he struggled. And I remember I, I talked to somebody who's a lot more invested in the NBA draft, and we were talking about him after that second year. Like, see, he revealed his true colors. Like, he he he's a good player, but he's not a great player. But then... He goes out and has that junior season that you talked about and really gets himself back into the conversation. And I'm reading up on him and the Sacramento Kings, and I know that the Kings aren't necessarily super relevant because they've had their struggles the past 20 years, it feels like. But there's an outside chance he could be the starting center for the Sacramento Kings as a second-round pick as a rookie. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think by – and I know here in Utah we like to flame on on Kendrick Perkins and make fun of him and such. Big Perk. Uh, And in – (laughs) <laughs> and I, if I'm not mistaken, um, he had said that he thinks that Amish Keta could be a starter by the end of the year. Uh, I would I would actually agree with that. I really do. I think Sacramento's in a really tough situation. Uh, obviously, what they're dealing with right now is, you know, and they got a, they got a couple big men, but I think Keta, just based on his size, um, his ability, he's really improved his outside shot. He's... Uh, uh, he's so incredible defensively. Like his recovery time on, you know, if he gets beat on the perimeter, it's just phenomenal for his size. Uh, his speed has gotten better. Uh, his awareness on the court has been so much better. It's going to take for a bit for him to adjust in the NBA game without question, but I would not at all be surprised. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not, you know, speaking anything into existence here, but I would not be at all surprised if he's a starter by midway through the season till the end of the year. So with all of that in mind, you know, now Amish Kata moves on to the NBA, you know, just before that, uh, Sam Merrill, now NBA champion Sam Merrill, I might add, um, you know, he, he moved on. So the, the Aggies have lost two of their really great, solid players. Uh, Craig Smith took the job at Utah. What's next for Aggie hoops? 
Ryan Odom's a great coach. I'll tell you this right now. Ryan Odom is a solid get for the Utah State Aggies. Obviously, uh, you know, you lose Craig Smith. And, we, I mean, again, we use that word. We've said it in nauseam and in spades here on the show already in the interview. But the infectious personality that Craig Smith had really led on through the rest of the program. Ryan Odom is smart. He's so genuine. Um, and, you know, I, I got to sit in and listen to Scotty interview Ryan Odom. Uh, the day of a spring football scrimmage, and he got like 45 minutes with Coach Odom. And uh, and they'll listen to Odom talk, and just the way, like the, the whole like screaming into a microphone when having a conversation, that, that's not Coach Odom. He, he, brings, um, he brings his infectious personality in a much different way, and it, it, it comes out genuine. It comes out sincere. Not to say that Craig Smith wasn't. I'm not saying that. But what Coach Odom brings is just it, – it's in a different way. But the IQ of Coach Odom is, is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you bring in Brandon Horvath along with Justin Bean. Obviously, Justin Bean's going to be the new face of the team here for his senior year. Um, Brock Miller, if he can hopefully get healthy. Uh, and then Rylan Jones from, from Utah uh, – University of Utah. The former Logan Grizzly then went Olympus. Now, then went to University of Utah. Now Utah State, what a ride for him. He's going to be a major help for Utah State. Um, I, again, I, I don't know what the, – the problem is with the Mountain West Conference, Wendy, is that everybody got better, they, especially in the coaching department. Tim, Tim Miles at San Jose State's a great get. You got Richard Pitino now, uh, I believe, in New Mexico. Correct. Uh, I mean, there's just the, – the coaching department in regards to head coaches is about as good as there is in outside Power 5 conferences. I don't think, in my opinion – that there's a better group of coaches in a conference outside the Power Five in the rest of those conferences. I just don't. And then the talent is really good. Colorado State, led by Nico Medved, who had interviewed for a ton of Power Five jobs. Uh, they don't lose a guy. They kept everybody on their roster, and they split with Utah State uh, in their two-game series uh, over at the Spectrum this past season. Like they're, they're probably the cream of the crop. Boise State, still with Leon Rice. Hopefully they – I mean, they just can't figure out things in March, but they lose Derek Olsen Jr., but – Still got a couple other kids. Um, I think the Aggies got a shot to be a legitimate contender in the Mount West Conference. But, again, the Mount West Conference just got three notches better based on coaches alone. And the recruiting was really well done, too. San Diego State, of course, is still up there. So, I like Utah State's chances. I think they're going to be competitive. But as is the Mount West and Mount West Conference. And there is, I can tell you right now, there is that target on Utah State's back still. Well, AJ, we're looking forward to it. Football season is nigh. It's crazy to think it's this close, but excited for it all the same. I know you do a great job covering up there on uh, 106.9 The Fan, but also I know you work hand-in-hand with Scott Gerrard on the broadcast that we carry here on The Zone. So we're looking forward to it, and I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. So thanks again for taking the time to join us today. I look forward to it, guys. There you go, Ajay Salveson. A big thank you to him for taking time to join us here on the Saturday show. Some great thoughts on Ryan Odom, great thoughts on Blake Anderson. Uh, interesting times up there in U- up, up in Logan with Utah State, and we'll kind of wait and see how it shakes out. The football team has, I think has a lot more questions than basketball does, and I think you'd agree with that, Wendy. Is just you look at it and say, okay, trying to rebound from a really, really disjointed season a year ago. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how things progress with so much turnover, but... You know, I mean, 
AJ makes it sound like there's a lot of optimism up there for them. Yeah, we'll find out. But coming up next, uh, expected to hear from Jared Butler, the new Utah Jazz draft pick. Expected to address the media. We'll carry that live for you guys right here on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. That's all coming up on the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network. Let's go live. We talk Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. The weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Thank you for joining us this Saturday afternoon. It's been a fun show, a busy show so far. It's kind of flown by here, Lundy, but having a lot of fun. Expected to hear uh, Utah Jazz media availability here relatively shortly is Jared Butler, the new draft pick for the Utah Jazz with the 40th overall selection and the NBA draft earlier this week. Expected to address the media for the first time. Excited to hear what he has to say as he is in town and Obviously, we'll probably get an update, I'm sure, at some point. The question will be asked, are you playing in Summer League? And I can see both sides of it for him because, obviously, the health concerns that pushed him down the draft board, you want to make sure those are in check and those all are checked out, I guess. But it'd be fun to see him on the court. By the way, if you guys are looking to go watch some of the future stars of tomorrow, get out to the Summer League this coming week. It's going to be here at Vivint Arena. Both Memphis and San Antonio also sending teams here. The Jazz will split their squad into two teams, a white and a uh, blue team. Uh, Double headers each night, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Five o'clock starts on those. Tickets in the lower bowl is as cheap as $12. Get out here and enjoy it. It should be a lot of fun. But we'll keep you updated. Uh, Jared Butler will be approaching the podium here shortly, and we'll get to that. But let's talk a little bit more about Butler here, Lundy. Six-foot-three guard, an All-American from Baylor. I look at this and say it feels like the Jazz drafted a high-value guy, and the fact that you got him in the second round where you only have to pay him the second-round money you're owed to him, and it's a non-guaranteed deal, there's no downside to this, I feel like, for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, no, I, I really like this pick a lot, especially with, you know, how they got it trading for two future, sure. you know, second-round picks as well. Yep. And so, yeah, I think that the Jazz played this extremely well, like I said earlier, where traded down, still got their guy, got future things that they can build with. I think he provides strong depth at the guard position, uh, really just... All around well done by the Jazz front office. I think the question will be, and this is just my only question about it, is is he going to be able to guard at at a high level? Because we all know that Quinn Snyder, he is a stickler for defense, and the defense faltered at points last year for the Utah Jazz. And they need to have a guy who can guard his position at minimum, and if you can guard multiple positions, they like that. The size limitation on him is not necessarily as evident as it is for a guy like Mike Conner, even Donovan Mitchell, because... I believe he stands 6'2 without shoes on. They say he's a 6'4 guard when he's got shoes on. The fact that you have to measure, by the way, without shoes and shoes is the weirdest concept to me because how many guys, Lundy, are going to be playing basketball barefoot? Um, Probably about zero. Yeah, so why do you measure them without shoes? I, I don't get that. Not sure. Because he's going to be 6'4 in shoes, apparently. And that's good size, especially if you're going to be a reserve backup point guard. You can play two-guard sets with him, it looks like, and – 
shot the ball at an extremely high level. As I mentioned, he shot in the 98th uh, percentile on catch and shoots uh, during his time playing for Baylor, 77th um, off the dribble. Those are very, very good numbers, and they should translate to him shooting at a pretty good clip, you would think, in the NBA. Yeah, so I I think that he, I mean, his offensive numbers were great in college. I think that they're going to improve. And like I brought up earlier, what his coach said about him, where his stats in Tier 1 games were higher than his stats in non-Tier 1 games, um, that he plays better against better competition. I think that bodes really well, you know, if that continues to to ring true as he translates to this higher level i think that's gonna that's that bodes very well for his future with with the jazz and just in the nba in general yeah and that 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 right there is the interesting part about all all this and the nba draft it's such a crapshoot we all know that like we go back and redraft these drafts four and five years later when these rookie deals run out and it's stunning to me the guys who uh, end up being stars, it feels like sometimes. There are obviously guys, you look at drafts and you say, okay, that guy's going to be a star, and it translates. But there are other guys you're convinced, this dude can't translate, nobody can, and they don't. It, 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 it's incredible to me, but that's just kind of how the NBA goes. And we were listening, I, I stayed up way late uh, to get the audio from Justin Zanuck to hear his media session after the draft concluded. It was near midnight when he finally took the podium to speak to the media. And he talked about how he, I understand that we're going to redraft this in three or four or five years. But the thing we look for as a team is you can think that you have a guy and you know what he is all about in terms of personality, how he's going to translate to playing in the NBA, just kind of the lifestyle, because it becomes your profession. It's no longer your student playing this game. It is your job daily. And the translation, you can think a guy is going to make that transition fairly easily, and sometimes they don't. Other guys you have concerns about make the transition swimmingly. It works for them. That is a huge factor in all of this, and you, you always hope that it works out for these guys because they're making life tra- life-changing money. There's no doubt about that. And if you can make that second contract, uh, live out your dreams playing hoops for a living, take care of yourself for the rest of your life. That's the crazy thing about it. Yeah, no, like it's more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime, <laughs> you even be, on that first contract. If you, you can land that second one, <laughs> you're doing really good for yourself. I mean, it, it's a great job to have. You know, who wouldn't? Who among us wouldn't want to be able to do that? Oh, there's no doubt about that. Like the 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 thought that you could make two hundred million dollars in a contract over the space of four to five years, utterly stunning to me. And I just I look at this and it's a great life if you can get it. But you have to play basketball at an extremely high level. And the hope is that yeah, a guy like. Uh, like Justin, he can just translate and he can come in and just be a good backup guard for the Jazz. That's all they're really looking for him to do. Anything beyond that is essentially gravy for what the Jazz are looking for out of this. And I, for one, I'm excited. I think this was a, a, a very uh, what I what do they call it? A high floor? No, not yeah, high floor potential high ceiling pick for the Utah Jazz because he was. I'm I've been reading things. People had him as high as the mid-teens in terms of their draft boards. Yeah. You know, a lot of people at at first thought he was a lock for the lottery, as as we've talked about before, Mm -hmm. his health concerns, uh, both with his heart condition and, you know, I've seen some things that some teams are concerned about his knees, whether they're going to be able to to hold up under the stresses of the NBA. Um, Those are things to take into consideration, but I am surprised that those things 
you know, dropped him from the teens all the way down to 40. Yeah, that that's that that is a good point on that front. Uh, let's also take a minute here. We're still waiting uh, for media availability to officially begin. We'll bring that to you as soon as it starts. But let's talk for a minute about Derek Favors. Uh, obviously, that's the other big news involving the Utah Jazz. He is moving on, being traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder in addition to a future first-round pick. And it's unfortunate because this is a pure salary dump move. This is just to save some money in the luxury tax, free up some money to hopefully resign a guy like Mike Conley. But it's unfortunate it comes at the expense of one of the really, really good guys in terms of just overall human beings for this team. Right. You know, and that's the kind of person that the Jazz organization naturally gravitates towards right you know they like the guys that produce but they like them also to be the good members of the com- community like you know we see a lot of big names in the NBA that are really flashy on the court but then just kind of don't necessarily set the best example off the court and that's never really matched the brand that the Jazz have tried to establish and mm-hmm. Derek Favors was able to produce in a way that they liked on the court uh, but he was also that kind of off-court figure that the Jazz really like to, to build around and on. And so it is unfortunate to see him now move on from the Jazz again um, to no longer really have him as part of the community or as part of the team. Um, but it's it's a move that makes sense to me. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. It's just it's part of the harsh reality of the sports business, of the NBA. It's like the, the team is trying to both – contend there's no doubt about that they want to contend as a franchise but they also understand that they have a responsibility to be smart with the salary cap and that's the interesting part about all this so uh, as we await Jared Butler I think I said Justin earlier Justin Zanuck was in my head apologies for that but waiting Jared Butler media availability I've got the video up here on my computer just waiting on people to walk in I'm seeing people wander in and out but none of them are Jared Butler so far so you know, one of these days the Jazz are going to speak to the media and we'll we'll have that for you, hopefully live on air. If not, we will roll on it and we will uh, put it on our website shortly after it concludes. We'll have that all covered for you guys. But I I feel for Derek Favors because if you read The Athletic, uh, he spoke to Tony Jones saying that he was actually planning on coming back to town this weekend and going to be here for Summer League. And now, stunningly enough, he's actually here to – pack up his bags and get ready to go to Oklahoma City. Yeah, he had bought a house when he signed that contract coming back here last year, expecting to be here for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he gets to put that house on the market. And you can keep the house if you want, but I can tell oh, you yeah. this, this much is Utah market right now. and Not a bad time to put it on the market. No, no. If you want to you know, add a nice little extra bonus to that to that contract, you know, the houses here are... Uh, as somebody who's who's shopping and trying to trying to buy one, my timing was excellent on that. I can t- I can tell you that there's a lot of value in Utah homes right now. My my condolences are with you if you're in the market for trying to buy a home right now. It is a it's crazy out it's there. It's rough. Yeah, but anyways, just the favors thing is. I feel like the Jazz will be able to find an adequate backup, whether that's Udoka Azubuki, uh, whether it's a guy uh, that's on the roster or not on the roster currently. Maybe the Jazz go out and sign somebody in free agency. They will find an adequate guy to be that stopgap when Rudy Gobert needs to rest. Rudy 
has been a machine. He's 29 years old, and he is still very much at the top of the peak of his powers, and we're looking forward to seeing him for many years to come. But you need to find a big – and I talked about this. We talked about this, Lundy, is I thought the the Jazz with that backup five, they need somebody that can stretch the floor a little bit. If you can find it, trust me, everybody else in the league wants this. They want a big man who can step out and shoot the three and – force a defense to adjust. If you can find that as a Utah Jazz, Juwan Morgan maybe is a guy, a candidate for that spot. If he can prove that his three-point shot is capable if he's re- if he returns to this roster, that's what I'd like to see. That's just kind of like my wish list for that backup five spot. But trust me, me and about 300 other personnel in the NBA are thinking of that exact same thing. Right. I mean, you know, if it was something that was easy to find, everybody would have one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's it's not, you know, that's not the nature of the position in most cases. You know, the guys that can do that are the exception and not the rule. And that's why they're such big names and hot commodities. Well, and sometimes you have to make the trade of the shooting for defense. And we all know, I already mentioned earlier today, a guy like Jared Butler, he's got to be able to defend his position. That's what Quinn Snyder, if there's one thing he uh, prioritizes potentially over three-point shooting, it's defense, being able to defend your position, defend multiple positions. Make sure that the defensive backbone of this franchise is not put at risk. Uh, so that's the thing with the backup five that can shoot the three. Are you giving up the shooting? Uh, are you taking the shooting at the expense of your defense? And in some cases, that may be worth it, depending on the matchup. But at the same time, if you can get both, hey, double score. Yeah, it's, you know, like, I I really do, I agree with you. I think that, you know, priority one, if not, like, 1A or 1B Mm -hmm. is, you know, the ability to guard your yard. You got to be able to prevent the other team from scoring. Um, And then, you know, when you shoot threes at a high clip, like the Jazz do, I mean, we saw that. We saw what the, the fruits of those labors are in the regular season this past year. Yep. The Jazz had a lot of wins and... A lot of those wins were by a very, very large margin. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, well, we will take a break here. Uh, If Jared Butler does get to the podium before we are done at 2 o'clock, we will carry at least part of his comments. Uh, But we will have the entirety of that media session up on our website, 1280thezone.com, as soon as it concludes. Uh, Those of you who are podcasters, you can listen to this show on demand anytime. Anything on The Zone, pretty much our station, we put it all up there. So go to 1280thezone.com or search out The Zone Sports Network on your social media media feeds, your podcast feeds. That way you can download any show, the hours, interviews, all that stuff. We'll have it all for you there. All right, coming up on the other side, yeah, hopefully Jared Butler, but also some final thoughts as we wrap up today's edition of The Saturday Show. Welcome back to The Saturday Show. Jared Butler, New Utah Jazz Man, has just approached the podium, so let's go live over to the Zions Bank basketball campus and Jared Butler's comments to the media. Here you go. interested in you and kind of – no, when when did they talk to you on draft night? That kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's really a lot to explain. Um, I mean, obviously, I played at Baylor University. The Jazz has some great ties with Baylor, and um, I knew some guys in the front office just from you know knowing knowing guys. But um, I think through the draft process, I, I knew they had some interest, but they were at thirty, and um, they kind of didn't think that I was going to get to thirty. But um, you know, I'm I'm here now, so. Um, that's, that's just about it. And on draft night, it was a it was a rough night for me. Um, but I think 
then when the draft, I mean, when the when the Jazz called me, it was just extremely, you know, thankful. And, you know, I, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm just, you know, honored for sure. Uh, Tony, my name is Tony Jones from the, uh, from the Athletic. Um, you know, can you go in a little bit more detail, you know, just about the night, the emotions of the night, knowing that you're a guy that, that probably has, you know, teams value in the team, certainly, you know, in, in, in the middle of the first round. And the slide all the way to 40 uh, because it's stuff that's largely out of your control. Yeah. What are your thoughts there and, and, and how do you deal with it and how do you process stuff like that? Yeah. Um, um, I have faith, obviously. And um, sometimes when you have faith, you don't know all the answers. You don't know all the um, ins and outs and how things are going to work. Um, but for me, I just tried my hardest to have faith and uh, that the Lord was going to direct me where I needed to go. And um you guys, my parents, it was, it was really hard, really tough. Cause like you said, it was something out of my control and, you know, I can't change, you know, who I am physically, you know, that's kind of hard, but um, like I said, at the end of the day, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm just so excited. Hi, Jared. Nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm Eric Walden. I work with Andy at the Salt Tribune. <laughs> nice. Um, can you take us through, I, I think a lot of people have never heard of the fit to play situation before we can kind of take us through the process of getting medically cleared by the NBA. Um, was that yeah, the heart condition, the knee condition, both? Yeah, I, I won't go into specifics about the condition or um, whatever. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm not asking you to reveal anything. Yeah. Else. Just kind of take us through what that process was like. Yeah, so it's pretty not um, pretty simple. Um, they, you know, whatever the field of interest is, um, they get three of the um, three doctors, um, one from the NBA, one from the NBA Players Association. And then those two doctors collaborate on getting a third doctor to to make it a, a three-person panel. And um, I got a chance to speak before the panel and um, me and my agent and some other representatives that I wanted um, to kind of like state my case and give my last remarks about, you know, this is why I should like, whatever. And um, so, yeah, and they, and they, they um, deliberated and talked through it and they ultimately came to the decision. Um, I'm Ryan Miller from KSL. I just, what do you like about your fit coming here? Yeah, I like how they shoot a lot of threes. Um, obviously, at Baylor, we shot a lot of threes too, catch and shoot, off the dribble, pick and roll. Um, so, yeah, I'm extremely excited about that. And I feel like the culture here is also something that I can um, really adjust to. And um, just really great people, honestly. And that's what I'm about. And um, just trying to be a fit and, you know, build up a culture that's, you know, inspiration to other people. Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. You said you know the Lindsays, obviously. Mm -hmm. Have you met Quinn Snyder yet? Have you talked to him? And, and who else do you know from the team, if at all? Yeah, Coach Quinn was the first person to call me, actually, um, on draft night. And um, he was pretty emotional, understood my story, and um, relayed to me that he he was just, like, extremely happy that, you know, I got to 40. And um, you could just tell that he drafted me as a person and wanted me for, you know, who I am as a person and, and not just, you know, basketball skills. Um, so that was really comforting for me and, um, Jake and, um, Mr. Dennis Lindsay is, uh, is also some people that I know very, very, very well. And they've um, been extremely part of my life. So, yeah. Uh, Sarah Todd from the desert news. Uh, do you know whether or not you'll be playing the summer league yet? Have you had talks about that with the guys in front office? Yeah, it's kind of still in, in the, um, debate, but I'm, I'm healthy enough to play, but yeah. The uh, 
the prospect of playing with guys like Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, like you said, and I mean, just some, some very veteran guys, Mike Conley, possibly. Yeah. And what's that like knowing that those are, those are the guys that you could be possibly learning from your first season? It's like a goldmine for me just because, you know, the level of where they're at in their career and um, what they're doing is something that I want to do. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I have no problem being like, Mike, like, w- w- how do I get there? How do I be this guy? How do I be like you type thing? And um, so I'm, it's like a goldmine for me. And um, I'm humble enough to, to, to realize my role. And, um, but I think at the same time, I can make huge contributions to winning. And, um, and that's what I'm all about. Just what do you want jazz fans to kind of know about yourself off the court? What are you like? What do you, what, what are your hobbies? I mean, kind of what, what are you like besides on the court? Yeah. Pretty cool guy. Um, <laughs> pretty, yeah. yeah. Um, I love going to eat with people, like literally just going to eat and having genuine conversations. Um, I like going to the lake sometimes, being on the boat. It's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, just I like to smile, laugh. Um, pretty genuine and personable person. Uh, can talk to anybody. And um, yeah, that's about it. When uh, at Baylor and throughout your college career, or somebody that, that played the point, played the two, how important? Is that positional versatility for you and how important has it do you think it's been for your development to get to this point? Yeah, it's been huge my whole life. Um, I can remember being fourth grade playing on and off the ball. And, um, you know, I didn't know at the time, but it was preparing me for the league and how it is right now with guys who, you know, not just because you bring the ball to the court doesn't mean you're not coming off the ball screen, um, things like that. So I, I, I've been prepared for it my whole life. And, um, it's definitely something that I think is going to be come to my advantage and allow me to get on the court quicker because I'm not um, confined to one position. Uh, why did you go back to school after your or after your sophomore year? Why? Yeah, you probably got drafted last year. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, I just think um, from the council of the people around me, um, they said I could be you know a first round pick. That didn't happen, but but also our team is going to be really good. Um, you know, we had a chance to win a national championship. We had a chance to just win the Big Twelve, so that was that was other reasons. What did you learn from that? When did I learn? Yeah, just from going back. Um, oh, a lot of stuff, especially about just me as a person, handling adversity, how to win, um, at the highest level, um, playing with guys who are also at a at a high level, and you know NBA players as well, um, and then also building a culture and like having it as your own. You know what I mean? It's it's a hard thing to do. Um, especially as like college kids and, you know, you're trying to, you know, get the nation to be on notice of what you're doing. And, you know, that's something that we did. Any more questions in the room? Okay, go. Good. Okay, we'll move over to Zoom now. Go ahead, Danny. You said it looks straight, right? Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So if you're in the Zoom room, please raise your hand if you have a, a question for Jared. We'll start with uh, Dana Green, ABC4. All right, we will – well, we're out of time, so we will step aside here. We'll get the entirety of that conversation up there. There's a few people have their hands up in the Zoom room that we will get to all of that. We'll have that up on 1280zone.com shortly after it concludes. But good to hear from Jared Butler. I think he's excited to be in Utah, and he says he's healthy enough to play in summer league, but still that determination is still to come, so we'll find out. All right. Well, Lundy, any final thoughts from you? I know we're short on time. Any final thoughts? I mean, it's just been another fun Saturday. I've really enjoyed my time here again. And so, you know, as always, thank you to you. Thank you to Eric. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, thanks to everybody for joining us. It's a blast to be with you guys every week. We'll be back next Saturday. You've been listening to The Saturday Show with Yawk and Lundy right here on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and The Zone Sports Network. See ya.